three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to It's Not TV. It's a bonus episode. Earlier this season, we covered Sex in the City, one of HBO's biggest and most beloved shows. And while parts of Sex in the City didn't age well, like their vaginas, it's mostly remembered fondly by fans. And 17 years later, HBO has decided to give us more. On today's bonus episode, we are talking about, and just like that, the 10 episode sequel to Sex in the City. I'm Nicole, and Sex in the City 2, this time. It's personal. Is it not what it's called? And I'm Nicole. And along with me is David. Hello, hello. And rejoining us is our in-house Sex in the City sexpert. Nancy, your uh, manager told me that's what your title is. Yeah, that's a new one. I, I, I feel like that deserves a pay raise. For <laughs> <laughs> Is that why she charges me so much? <laughs> Our producer has lined up a bunch of surprise topics for us to dive into. So let's do it. David, what's up first? Uh, so just real quick, I want to I want to set the score here for what we've watched. Um, so I watched the pilot episode of Sex in the City uh, for our episode. I have watched the pilot episode of And Just Like That. And a smattering, a, a schmear of other scenes throughout. Nancy, what about you? So I have seen the entire series and both movies and just like that. And then I did end up watching the documentary, too. Oh, OK. Yeah. A glutton. OK. Uh, Nicole, how about you? I've seen the entire series, both movies and just like that. OK. So going into this, I'll be asking a lot of questions. Uh, try to keep me in the loop, ladies. In the opening scene of the show, we're introduced to Carrie, Miranda, and Charlotte, but no Samantha. She is off in London. Uh, Kim Cattrall didn't want to do a third movie. She also didn't want to do the sequel series. How do you think the show handled her absence? And do you think the show works without her? Nicole, lead us off. Oh, okay. Well, I do feel like a lot of the dialogue was speaking directly to Kim, the actor who declined to return. Mm -hmm. um, and there was also a bar called Smith's. It's one of the first bars that Miranda Day drinks at. So I'm wondering okay. if it's supposed to be her longtime beau's bar, which would be interesting. Oh, the model. Correct. But I, I'm confused by some things they choose to do with Samantha. But... Um, I don't I don't know that it's too much or they say that Carrie implies in the first episode that she chose a new publisher and that ruined her friendship with Samantha. Uh Nance, does that seem like something that would happen between Carrie and Samantha? They'd have this breakup over like business. I mean, I feel like they've I mean, Samantha ended up trying to hook up with big in the first season of sex in the city. Oh. So I feel like that would be an even bigger betrayal, but I think they were just trying to find some kind of storyline to make up a reason why, you know, all of a sudden we're not seeing Samantha anymore. Okay. Do you think it it worked? Do you think it works without Samantha? The sort of camaraderie between the it, three? It felt a little weird not having her there. And I think they were trying to make up for, her character not being there by 
introducing new female characters to fill that void. Who do you think like stepped over the sexual line? Because I remember many scenes where she's sitting at the table and she says the most (laughs) off the wall sexual thing. (laughs) And I would cringe into my whatever hands. (laughs) Do you feel like somebody else picked that up? I think that they were trying to not replace Samantha completely, but I think that they were trying to fill that void with a similar personality with Seema. Okay. But I don't think Seema's as crass as Samantha can be sometimes. Um, but I think that she she still has kind of like that, uh, you know, she's the boss and yeah. she, you know, takes control of situations that Samantha would often take control of in situations with the group of ladies throughout the series. So I think that that's, you know, a similarity with between Seema and Samantha. Do you think that Samantha or the I should say Kim was just not interested in being subject to the like click that kind of occurred between the other three ladies and just didn't want to play the game anymore i mean I, yeah i can definitely imagine i mean like i don't really like have any idea whatsoever what it's like to work on a movie sure. set or a television show <laughs> um but i'm sure that like just with any other workplace like you've kind of you have your clicks and you've there's groups that you might not feel close to at some point Right. And you guys, you know, you have relationships that fluctuate in work, in your work. Um, but I think also, too, like, you know, we don't usually stay in the same career, or the same position for 20 years. I'm sure it was kind of getting a little right. like she would want to do yeah. something else. Like, I think she just kind of solved that chapter close as a character for her. And she wanted to try other other characters. Did anyone replace her nudity because in the original series kim cattrall was always the cast member who was willing to to bring it did any of the ladies step it up in her absence no i mean i've seen miranda's boobs before (laughs) and those are the only ones i remember seeing Mm. again you don't sound impressed well no i'm just saying it wasn't like you know fake nipples or orange bush (laughs) Uh, so let me ask you this if there's a second season Nicole, would you prefer that that they try to get Samantha back? Do you think it would benefit from having her back, if possible? I mean, I'm not going to watch it, so it won't benefit me. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Wait, but so I have a question. Did Was there a penis in this season? I feel like there might have been a penis there, in this yes, season. There was penis. That is a good question. Whose penis was it? Some dudes. No, I thought one of the main characters showed showed his dong. Harry showed his dong. Harry... Wasn't it the B- BJ scene? Oh, I did not see it. I did not catch that. I didn't. No, I feel like I got like a full frontal. I'm on my work computer, so uh, I can't do <laughs> Harry Sex in the City penis. Okay, so I definitely remember there was the, the downstairs neighbor. She had her boyfriend over. and uh, Oh, yeah, in the front yeah. door. Did we see his penis? Yeah, yeah, because she. I'm pretty he, sure we did. He drops the towel, uh, does the, the drop towel move. That for some reason, guys think that we would just fall for like, oh, my God, you dropped your towel. (laughs) Take me now. (laughs) Note to bottom. (laughs) (laughs) 
So we did get some penis this season. Is this our first HBO penis that we've been exposed to chronologically? No. In the shows that we've watched? No. Well, in the first, in the pilots, we still haven't seen penis in a pilot. That's a weird <laughs> phrase. <laughs> we still have not seen penis in a pilot. I'm sure um, many pilots have penises. Yeah. <laughs> Nancy, uh, if Samantha uh, was able to come back for a second season, would you like to see her? If there's going to be a second season? Um, probably not. More so because okay. um, I'm kind of siding with, with Kim Cattrall on this one. That, Ooh. you know, it's time for her to move on to her different roles that she wants to, to expand on. In the meantime, Sarah Jessica Parker is like, hey, let's redo Hocus Pocus too. while we're at it. <laughs> Bring back all the hits. I will say this, having not experienced a lot of episodes of the original series, I will say that in at least the pilot of this one, uh, Carrie's very cranky. Like when she's at that lunch with uh, her two best friends and the one is telling her serious issues that she's having with her family, she ignores that. The other one has to remind her that she's going back to law school and why she's going. And, and she doesn't care. She literally makes jokes about not listening and how unimportant their issues are. So I don't, is that reflective of where we left Carrie? Was she always kind of shitty to her friends or is this a new thing? Uh, Nance, is, is this new or is Carrie always kind of like kind of dismissive? Well, I think that I mean, obviously they were doing that as like a story, like to to explain, like fill in the gaps where everyone's been um since we've mm -hmm. left off with him um and there have been times and it's mostly been like when you know conversations are getting a little too raunchy at lunch that she kind of like will every now and then kind of like try and just ignore or just move the conversation along but okay. yeah for the most part mm -hmm. like she's you know she's she's always you know she's been there for her friends i think i don't know now i'm second guessing okay. <laughs> yeah Nicole, do you agree with having seen more of it than I? You agree with Nancy? Am I just off on my take here? Yeah, I I didn't pick up on that particular like dismiss um uh, broad dismissiveness. I did pick up on it at that particular conversation, but I do think they were using it as a mechanism and like, oh, Carrie forgot, so Charlotte reminds her to let you know. Oh, okay. You know, what's been happening beforehand? Okay. Um, but then we move into an entire grief phase with Carrie where she, is, she continues to kind of move into a self-centered um, mode, <laughs> which I mean, rightfully so, but at the same time, I think it feeds your point a little, at least for this season. Uh, so let's, let's talk about that grief, Nicole, at the end of the pilot, the big shocking reveal at the end of the first episode of, and just like that is big dies. Uh, he hops on the old Peloton and uh, he, he gives it a good run for its money. And then he gets off and uh, he uh, drops dead uh, from a heart attack, it looks like. I didn't see the rest, I assume. Carrie's fucking useless when she arrives and just keeps saying the word big over and over and over. No, she says John. Uh, oh, she says his name, which I didn't know. So that was news for me, at least. That was exciting. Um, <laughs> Apparently, you just selectively heard big anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, he wasn't dying in the shower. I was thinking maybe we get a shot of the old, uh, the old thing that makes him big. Um, but we didn't. Uh, Carrie Kareston, they always say if you find someone in the middle of a heart attack, uh, climb in the shower with them, uh, keep on your fancy heels, and just call out their name repeatedly while you hug them. Do not call a professional. Do not try to resuscitate them. 
Do not walk home from dinner that night. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a series of, of tragic events that led to Big's death. But you mentioned it, it triggers a, a, a storyline for Carrie throughout the season uh, of her dealing with her grief. Um, Nicole, how did you feel about that moment? What was your initial reaction? Um, and did you feel like that helped launch Carrie into sort of a new storyline, a new way to learn about that character? I hated that they killed him. And I oh, okay. really am looking for someone to blame. I mean, <laughs> is it Chris for not wanting to be involved with the show? Was it writers who were just not able to have a happily attached woman make for an interesting show? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, she puts on her nameplate necklace later in the series as if she had lost her identity when she married oh. Big, which makes me offended. Like, did I just put myself in a jewelry box when I became a relationship <laughs> person? And and one day I'll come upon it and snap back to my 28-year-old self because I'm not so sure I want to do that. Yeah, and I, I think the, the lead writer said that they, they imagined Big's death as that launching point uh, for the new show. So part of their pitch was that this could launch the show. What I, which I find interesting is that when we talked about Sex in the City on our, our other episode, we talked about how Darren Starr, the creator, didn't like how Sex in the City ended with Carrie Withbig. He thought it, it gave some weird validation that she needed a man. And it's interesting that the kickoff to this series, one of the pitches was, and we kill off that man. Um, Nance, how do you think it was handled? What was your gut reaction to Big Dying? So I will say that I I do know that Chris Noth did say he only wanted to do like one episode. Like he he did not want to do the full Oh, okay. Series. Uh, um, disgusting. <laughs> Mr. Big Cameo. Am I right? No good? Uh, I mean, does he have to do more than like read a newspaper in the background while Carrie's getting changed? Come on. He, he sang. He, he, he did the records. He sang. He did the records. <laughs> You're right. That was, that was actually a nice touch. Yeah. I've got like four scenes history with Mr. Big here. So bear with me. But she comes home from, just big. from work. But he tells her, like, hey, let's play some records. I'm making you dinner. And she's like, is it ready yet? You tell me all your albums are your favorite albums. She was really shitty to him. I got news for you. If I come home and my significant other is playing records and singing to me and making me dinner, I'll be a little nicer than Carrie was. Maybe he was looking for an exit by hopping I on that pallet town and giving interaction was adorable. Yeah, that, I think that's... Ca- she was a bitch. Go uh, back and read her dialogue. Well, I think that is kind of like their relationship, though, too. They do, like, they have always kind of needled each other. I don't like it. Don't needle me. I'm an adult. Well, you don't need to be in a relationship with her to appreciate other people having a relationship. (laughs) No. Disagree. He killed himself. Nancy, how did you feel? What was your reaction when Big died in this first episode of the series? It was definitely... I was was sad about it. I mean, I... You know, they have such a long history together um, Mm -hmm. through through the show. Um, So it it was sad to see that, you know, he wasn't going to just like you know they weren't going to just notebook it to the rest of yeah. <laughs> their lives and mm-hmm. just go into a nursing home and <laughs> into the sunset die together <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but i mean i i get like i mean kind of hindsight you're like with all the the drama around chris noth at the afterwards like you're like well maybe they yes. they dodged a bullet with you know not having to have him throughout the whole series what happened with chris yeah mr big's and big problems it's just big (laughs) 
He's not Mr. Big? No, that's a completely different character from an R. Kelly video. Please don't call him <laughs> no. Mr. Big. Mr. Big's from the 90s. He had a great like acoustic song, I'm the One Who Wants to Be With You. It was on like Now Music. It was a very good song. <laughs> she just calls him just Big? Don't like it. Um, no, but he's in he's in like sexual harassment issues. Uh, so really? Actually, yeah. Oh, yeah. On it's NYPD Blue or whatever? No, on, on whatever he's doing. I don't know what he's doing besides that. He's doing some law show. It might be Law and Order. I don't know. We yeah, should look that up. He's going to have some Law and Order coming after him. <laughs> we should know this stuff. We should do our fucking research. It's a bonus episode, gang. <laughs> we didn't even know whose penis we saw. How many times have you girls seen a rogue penis that you'd seen a penis and didn't even think to identify it? I knew it? I saw it. I could see it in my memory. I just couldn't remember who it belonged to. Yeah. So, uh, fun fact, folks, we're going to interrupt this uh, podcast for a brief message from our producer who let us know that Chris Knopf has at least four women who have accused him of various uh, inappropriate acts. Uh, we don't know all the details, um, but if they are true, he's a piece of shit. And uh, we'll leave you at that to go do your own research. Um, but fuck him. He's dead. He died on a Peloton. Um, <laughs> throughout the first episode, this show reminds us a lot that the times have changed. Um, so it's been since 2004, uh, since the old series. So the show spends a lot of time focusing on how the women are handling the social changes in the past 17 years. And by handling the social changes in the past 17 years, I mean, it's as if they woke up from a 17 year slumber and suddenly the world has changed um, because they're all deciding this week to address these things. Uh, they make faux pas around gender and pronouns. Uh, they, uh, there are a bunch of white people being weird about black people's hair. The word masturbation is used a lot. And one of the worst masturbation scenes in cinema history appears. Do the writers handle these current issue storylines? Well, Do you uh, was mean it cringy? Miranda? No, no, no. Miranda's Getting masturbation scenes Brady? were fine. No, no, that was fine. What, what really weirded me out was, um, Carrie asking her husband big if he masturbated. Oh. That was and he really was like, sometimes. And she's like, let me watch. And then he was like, hey, why don't you help out? And she was like, I just want to watch. <laughs> it was no, fucking weird. She had like a notepad. She was like, she was taking I notes. I just want to watch. She wasn't like, I no, just want to watch. That's not how she said. I'm much <laughs> like more. Watch the tape. Watch the tape. I'm much more closer to the real thing. There was nothing. As a man who has masturbated before, there was nothing sexy about Carrie watching him masturbate. I think I we should not talk about you masturbating anymore. Terrified. I would have been... T I can't ever masturbate again. <laughs> it's out of the books now. Thank I'm God. I'm afraid Carrie's going to write a fucking article about it. I don't think you should say the word anymore. We have met the quota. <laughs> We've met the quota. Um, so there's a lot of current issues that the show tries to address through its characters. Um, and they're important issues, certainly. But they seem to level them all in the first uh, few episodes here. We have the season and, and try to address them with with these three elder white women addressing them. <laughs> do we do we think it worked? Was it too cringy? Nance, what are your thoughts on some of these? Well, it was definitely cringy. There was. OK. Yeah, <laughs> it was very difficult to, to watch some of those scenes. Um, and I don't necessarily know if like. Like these, these are all like current issues that we're we're all going through. I don't know if three white women would be the ones to <laughs> usher us through this journey. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't seem like it's you know they have a lot to offer in perspective. Yeah, do you think there was one that they handled particularly well, or one that they handled particularly badly? 
I remember I, I keep going back to Miranda's scene in the her first day of uh, her classes and just falling over every single sentence that she uttered and just being like, yeah. why? Just stop. Just please stop. Stop. For the <laughs> love of God, stop. <laughs> I could feel that so much, though, because I had a very similar situation when a friend, a childhood friend of mine later in life came out. I was hanging out with him. And for whatever reason, every single thing was gay. I called everything gay. <laughs> so I, I'd never uttered the word in that usage ever. But for some reason, with him, everything was gay. Oh, the sun was gay. Everything was gay. <laughs> what the fuck was I saying? So I could feel it so much that like you just like you tell someone not to say a word and all they can say yeah, is the word, yeah. you know? I think what I found interesting is, and and I had a different approach to this, that during the, the episodes and scenes I watched, again, I felt the cringe, and I felt like, are these the best people to represent these issues? Um, but then I also felt like, hey, if people are discussing these issues, that's a good thing, even if they're the wrong ambassadors, right? If they're advocates, that's helpful, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I, I think what I relate it to is I used to watch a lot of Archie Bunker when I was a kid, right? A lot of All in the Family, and All in the Family was very cutting edge and it's a Norman Lear production in terms of Archie saying all the things that that you don't want him to say and, and saying racist things, saying sexist things. On the show, everyone knew he was the bad guy, that he was the wrong guy, that he was saying the wrong things. And what they thought for the audience was, is we can bring these things up and everybody sees that Archie's the bad guy. So it's a good way to show the audience that although the, the character, the main character, in this case, we're looking at these three women, although they may not be handling the situation the best, you can sympathize with them a little bit. Yep. And you can say, OK, well, I see what not to do. <laughs> of course, plenty of people watched Archie Bunker, laughed and said, I agree with him. I was like, oh, no, you've missed the point entirely. <laughs> right. Carol O'Connor yep. is a great civil rights activist and was in no way <laughs> right like the character of Archie Bunker. So I don't know how many of the fans of the show will see it and and think to themselves, oh, I see the mistakes they're making and I can do better as opposed to how many see the mistakes they're making and just say, yep, I get it. I'm with you. And it's like, no. So I think the fact that we're discussing these issues, I think the fact that writers and and bloggers and everyone else are discussing these issues is at least a good thing. Um, yeah, but even there's if the a characters handled it poorly. Yeah, I agree. There was a little bit of like, nothing and then everything mm -hmm. so like when i mean not by nothing is in the past series they didn't have a lot of inclusion and they owned that at the end and i really liked how they did own that in media after the series um but i feel like they just were like all of the things every scene let's get them in yeah and sometimes that can feel or it kind of breaks the spirit of, of the entertainment and yeah. you're too aware of it, I guess. Yeah, it felt like a checklist. Like, these are all the things we have to try and address that we missed the last 17 years. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, like, as far as, like, the the original series, like, the Sex and the City series was all about, you know, breaking down the stereotypes of what women should look for in a relationship, what they want out of a mm -hmm. relationship. So it kind of stands to reason that they're, you know, continuing to try and break down those stereotypes and yeah. at least get people talking about it and kind of just do the, you know, the the will and grace, the modern family type approach where it's like you just kind of make it 
So yeah, it's just there. Like it's just normal. It's the, it's there. It's on our TV. Mm-hmm. When we look at Che, for example, I think that's one of the the portrayals of a non-binary non-binary character that probably got the most screen time in in an HBO show, certainly right this year. So we can talk about all the conversations they have and all the plot lines that maybe service this. But there are non-binary, non-binary characters in the show. There are trans characters in the show. And them appearing, you know, is a big step forward for at least Sex in the City and just like that. Let's run through some of the character stuff that we talk about with this series. So this season, there was a lot of new romances. Um, uh, Big and, and Mr. Death. Um, Carrie and Peter. Miranda and Che. The ultimate uh, Nicole, relationship. The ultimate relationship. Mr. Big and his Peloton trainer. Um, Peloton and the lawsuits and the returns they're getting because characters keep dying from them. Nicole, which relationship this season, New World, was your favorite? Big and Carrie forever. XOXO. I am not opposed <laughs> to moving on post-mortem, but this season, for me, just won't exist. And I will keep oh. Big and Carrie alive and well forever in my mind. Okay. After episode one, <laughs> Brady and Louisa were probably my favorite. They were fun um, and adorable. And the little snide comments from Louisa to Miranda were excellent. But upon completing the series, my favorite couple alternates between Nye and Andre and Seema and Zed. Because <laughs> okay. I just felt very entertained by Seema and Zed. Uh, so Nance, how about you? New or old, which was your favorite relationship uh, throughout and just like that? Yeah. So far. I would, I would definitely... Um love Seema and Zed. Mm-hmm. I just love Seema, like, just all around. Like, I want <laughs> I want to Seema in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you verbed her. <laughs> yeah. You want to Seema your life. <laughs> Is their celebrity crush name Zima? Like, Zima the drink? Is that how you We're do that? We're doing a, a flashback to the 90s with... <laughs> yeah, I'm old, Sex in the City and Zima. <laughs> So a relationship that you two didn't mention was Miranda and Che. So Miranda, who is married to a a man in the opening of the series. Um, a man? She, no, no, no. She was married to Steve. To Steve. He is a huge character in the series. <laughs> well, he is a man, a man, though. I'm not, I'm not saying he's just a man. I'm saying he's a character. I don't remember his name. Uh, so uh, she's she's married to Steve. Um, but she begins exploring her sexuality and ends up hooking up with Che. And and Che is a non-binary person. Cynthia Nixon is a queer person in real life. Uh, do we think this how do we think the storyline worked for her? Uh, Nance, how about how about you lead us off there? How did you feel about the Miranda Che relationship? I think th- there was just so much going on with Miranda on her storylines. It just felt like it was just a lot. Um so like she was kind of like like she was an alcoholic was maybe drinking too much Mm -hmm. decided to not to stop drinking (laughs) sent herself a book in the night yeah somehow like drunk (laughs) ordered a (laughs) alcoholics self-help book in fairness our older brother the producer and myself our older brother once ordered a sword uh while drunk and we received a sword (laughs) uh several weeks later from the home shopping network so that I buy that. That was that was a very true storyline. I I bought that from Miranda. I got. I feel that. like that would have been that's even more impressive because that is like pre Amazon. Hold up. 
That was that was intense. Oh my god. Everything okay? Yeah, they're just being cats. <laughs> so Nance, Miranda was doing a lot of drinking during this time, kind of reevaluating her career. Yeah, so she was like she had quit her career as a lawyer at the practice. Um she was going back to school and then she starts up a queer relationship, but then doesn't seem to like have any remorse it feels like towards ending her relationship with steve or anything yeah like it was just it was like they were trying to pile so many different storylines on onto just one character that it was just so much it just like does not seem believable like this would actually happen to a person in real life but i don't know maybe i'm just not that (laughs) (laughs) i'm just maybe a little (laughs) two-dimensional but would it happen to the person that they created over all of the seasons of Sex in the City. Like, right. was Miranda this person that it would happen to based on who they had built for Yeah, I mean, it just years? seemed like, I don't know, it just seemed like it was a different character altogether. Like, mm-hmm. especially like the scene where her and Che hook up in Carrie's kitchen while Carrie is asleep in her bedroom on painkillers. It's just like... <laughs> is mortifying <laughs> it's i tell you what it's the opening scene to a porn is what it is i was actually a little surprised on how how incredibly upset carrie was because she's a bad friend and a terrible human being <laughs> well <laughs> but miranda's character was incredibly reckless i mean she let a lot of the things you mentioned nancy go she left her practice she went back to school she left her husband she quit school she dropped out of a coveted internship yes she dropped her life to fly across country for someone who didn't even tell her that they were working on anything that would require such a thing. Can I just say and that this is the Hills and Lauren Conrad all over again with turning <laughs> down the internship <laughs> to Paris Vogue? <laughs> Are there things that a character can do that make them irredeemable? I, I ask because when I look at Miranda, again, I don't I haven't watched it as much as you guys. Um, so I have the broad strokes of the characters. But now Miranda is the one I know as the one who cheated on her husband. Did that seriously damage the character of Miranda, Nicole? In your eyes? I think because I've kind of just disregarded the season. <laughs> I don't have a strong feeling about that because i just felt like it was like a big dream (laughs) (laughs) it was so out of character that it couldn't have happened and i just want to be clear though i don't mind that miranda had a come to jesus moment if we think back she had a come to che moment (laughs) (laughs) but i don't mind that that happened but what i mind is how she completely disregarded her entire life in all aspects of her life mm-hmm. yeah. to pursue a sexual relationship and to explore this door opening. And it just felt too impulsive. It wasn't yeah. like she was harboring this for years. This isn't a tortured soul. This was like the impulse section at the grocery store. You know, I was really upset about the fact that she, Miranda was not unattached. She wasn't yeah. intending to leave Steve until Che made it clear that it wasn't a situation she was interested in being a part of. This is Reckless 101. Yeah. I mean, it was a hell of a fingering, though. 
I mean, this is what it did. It. Do you think it would have been better served to have a new character sort of be able to explore this plot line instead of using Miranda? Look, I mean, you unattach Carrie, right? So Big's gone. Oh, you, okay. You destroy Miranda's relationship with Steve. Like, what here represents true life? Like, I guess that does. I mean, if you really think about it. But I just liked the idea, and maybe in naivety, but I liked the idea that we could come back this many years later to people who are making it work. Like, not just throwing it away because somebody made your stomach have butterflies. But having a yeah. a loyalty and honoring the people that you love and the life that you've made. Obviously, Carrie didn't really have a choice, but the writers did. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy, we jumping away from Miranda for a second um, and, and her storyline. As we move into some of the other characters, let's talk about Charlotte for a moment. Can I do a pause real quick, um, though? Because yeah. I, I do want to go back to the Miranda story just to make a point that like, yeah. throughout the whole series, her character trait was that she was very analytical and she thought things out. She was a lawyer. She argued things and she made the lists and she analyzed them and was analytical about everything that she did. And in the first movie, Steve cheats on her and they almost get a divorce over it. Mm. And so it's like, how could like, you know, the pain that he put you through when he cheated on you. But all of a sudden, that's like that you don't you don't revert back to your feelings when he cheated on you and how that would Mm -hmm. end up making him feel when it's when you're the one doing the cheating like that just yeah. never even yeah that was never even brought up by anyone i don't think i don't think any of the women brought that up to miranda i asked you a couple of times this season uh nance where i saw that for example uh charlotte is dealing with her her, her daughter questioning uh her gender miranda is dating a non-binary person and I said, wouldn't you think that at some point these two best friends would say, huh, there's some overlap in our major storylines. Maybe we could chat and have a talk about this. And and you and I argued over this, actually, because you said, <laughs> well, they know it's not going to work or they know that this one won't do this. And then I said, yes. But as an audience member, I'd expect the characters to mention the fact that these storylines are so overlapped. Like if I had a cat who was sick. And the other major character on my show wanted to be a veterinarian. <laughs> you would think that the two of us discussed the fact. Mm-hmm. So the fact that one character's child is dealing with gender issues and another character is dating a person who successfully navigated the world of that and they never talked about it. It seems weird. I feel. Do you feel like the writers missed a couple of opportunities here where they didn't quite intersect these storylines? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was. I think there were some gaps in like just connecting the stories together in the writing room. I also think that in our disagreement <laughs> over there, they're yeah. talking about. <laughs> I I had said that you know I don't think it's really that's not their character traits though, like that to solve problems. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't think like Charlotte's going to do like whatever you can say about Charlotte. It's like she's going to do what she feels is best for her and her family, I think. And it's separate from what Miranda's going through. Yeah. I also think that Charlotte may be a little bit, no, 
she is a little judgmental <laughs> towards Miranda. <laughs> um, so I think that also might be a sticking point too, is that they, there's that underlying current in their friendship that they're just like, okay, we're, we're not going to oh. open this can of worms. I think sometimes. Okay. So Charlotte spends a lot of this season trying to become best friends with Lisa Todd Wexley uh, on this like weird hunt to have like black friends is the way I interpreted it. Certainly. Um, Nicole, how do we feel about Charlotte's weird like escape here into finding additional friends and, and, and this journey she goes on? I feel like she did this with other women in the prior seasons of Sex and the City. They were white. But, like, especially when she was going through the whole getting pregnant and fertility journey, she was trying to always keep up with the Joneses. She would run into okay. other women and they would talk about how they just got pregnant or they were buying that new carriage, baby carriage or whatever it was. And she was just always wanting to be like them. So I I don't think that it's far off for her to impress herself upon. I don't think it's far off for her to aspire to keep up with the Joneses. Okay. That being said, LTW comes in clutch many times <laughs> and the little sips of their friendship we get, they really do seem genuine. Is Lisa Todd Wexley the girl on the show that's married to George Washington? Yes. From Hamilton okay. for everyone who doesn't yes. know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> I'm trying. Yes. I'm trying to follow along gang. There's a lot of women on the show and I only recognize one feller. And uh Treasure your state, David. Yeah. Oh, God, I just want to can we do an episode on Hamilton? I just want to yes. do that now. Can we just do an episode where we just sing Lynn Manuel Miranda's catalog? No. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy, how did how did you feel about our, our friend Charlotte here and her neuroses? Um also does having a double bat mitzvah because she stepped in for her child negate her first bod mitzvah is it like two <laughs> bod mitzvahs she had equals no she bod did mitzvah? not have a bod that mitzvah was, but, no she didn't oh she no, didn't she no she wasn't so was, was this her first no, she converted to judaism mm -hmm. so she never had a bod mitzvah oh so if you go as adult you can't you can't get a bod mitzvah or a but bar it wasn't mitzvah a bot. I guess I know there's one. it was didn't they change the name of it for rock it was a they mitzvah that's what they, oh, they had changed it to they mitzvah. well that was nice of them okay i'm following along how do you feel about about Charlotte's uh, storylines this season? Um, I think they did. Like, she was, for how neurotic she can get sometimes, I think she handled Rock becoming Rock as well as Charlotte can handle that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because like, she has, she, like, throughout the whole series, she had a very cookie-cutter way of how she saw her life progressing mm -hmm. and how, and the family that she was going to have. And we saw her overcome the challenge of not having her own family at first and, mm -hmm. you know, having and then adjusting by adopting a child and then finding out that she was like she did end up having a child of her own with Harry um, and then adjusting as far as how she saw her relationship with her, her children and how that changed and how those relationships progressed mm -hmm. and how those characters progressed over the 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 episodes do we prefer harry or twin peaks guy oh harry harry oh we got harry from both yeah. of you okay i like twin peaks guy okay no mind. uh oh my God, you would so say that. filling out the circle of the three ladies uh, we talk about carrie um besides being a bitch in the pilot 
Uh, um, she was grieving most of the season. Um, we know that this was part of their pitch for bringing back the series. It's something to do with her character. Uh, was this the right story for her? Um, or was, was this just a, a cheap way to kind of get her talking about dating apps and dating the world again? Uh, Nicole, what do you think? Cheap? Or did it work for you? I think it was cheap. But... Okay. I will say that Carrie got me right in the heartstrings when she screams John, when she sees him. Okay. And I do see why she ran to him and kisses him and held him. But someone like me, a fixer, the phone would be dialing 911. It did seem like he was (laughs) hanging on just to see her. And it figures that she walked home from the all of the sudden concert that she needed to go to when every minute counts. But listen, grief is a hard thing to judge. And I really identified with her like inanimate object communication source thing with Bing. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. She's like talking really... to lamps and shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've talked to worse. Um, <laughs> I, w- I wasn't bothered by the process, but just by the fact that she was doing it at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't, I still don't understand why it benefited the story for Big to be dead. I, I don't know why they couldn't have made their life interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you do you think that and, and right, television shows have to do this all the time, right? Actors and actresses leave, they get pregnant, they have all these things, and the, and the writers have to adapt. Knowing that perhaps the actor wasn't available, do you think it would have been better to have him in France or something for these episodes, or traveling or at work? Do you think it would have been better to keep him alive, but sort of elsewhere? No, I think this is one of those situations where if all the cast doesn't come back, you don't do it. Okay. Okay, so you think with Samantha and Big saying no, this should have just not happened. I wouldn't have watched this show if it wasn't for the podcast. Oh, okay. Okay. Nance. No, I didn't have to watch the whole show. I chose right. to watch the whole show for this podcast. You gave it a you gave it a, a good run. You gave it a college try. Nancy, widow carry, right move. Yes or no? I mean, I think it's good to see like the process of how women end up moving forward with their life after their husbands have died. <laughs> but and I think yeah, I think it was just, like I think they did put a little bit of a ploy where they were like um yeah, we're going to have her do Tinder. And I I don't know if that yeah. was necessarily the right choice, but I think having her widowed there are women throughout the world that experience that at any mm-hmm. point in their life, so it's good to, you know, actually see that process play out with a character that's well known. And I think statistically, this may be, I believe it is statistically that men have an easier time moving on from after a spouse dies. Um, that we they, don't often outlive women, so we don't know. <laughs> that they usually end up remarrying pretty soon. So to see this from the other side, it was, it was, an interest, it was interesting enough. Do we think her relationship with Big... Uh, being in like a stable relationship for the last 17 years is what it looked like, right? The last 17, 20 years. Um, do we think this dulled Carrie? Uh, she's on the podcast. Uh, she, she, you know, has an anal sex joke and is super proud of herself. Um, she gets nervous about talking about sex. Uh, she's apparently in her 40 plus years as a sex columnist has never seen someone masturbate, which I call bullshit on. Uh, she lives in New York. You see that every day on the subway. Like, that's what happens. So, Nicole, do you think that, like, 
Do you think that the married life dulled Carrie and this was her way of opening back up? Nicole doesn't have her thinking face, so she doesn't know I said Nicole. I'll ask again. Do we think that <laughs> those years with face. Big, you don't, you have a thinking face and you weren't wearing it. You didn't have it on. Yeah. So Carrie was in the stable relationship with Big since we last left her. Do we think that that dulled the character a little bit, at least in her job and her understanding and her sex column? She has trouble writing again. Do we think this is the way of kind of reemerging her and putting her out there into the world again? Yes, absolutely. That's what they did. But I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You would prefer she faded off into the sunset like, like a gunfire. Why would we represent to people, oh, a relationship maturing and changing is not entertaining enough for TV. So let's just kill him and make her life more interesting. Yeah. Like that's that, that for me that let them let this show stay dormant. <laughs> Nancy riding off into the sunset. Is that what you wanted for our characters here? Um, so I don't necessarily think they would have rode off into the sunset per se. I don't, mm -hmm. if she didn't go on the dating apps and mind you, she only did that because her publisher was saying that she needed to. Made her, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, which I also feel is like a really, I don't know if necessarily, like, that doesn't seem like a good call for a publisher to make. Very unethical. <laughs> yeah. Um, Welcome to publishing. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I feel like there's like other aspects like we could have focused on as far as what she does, you know post big death like she has her yeah. podcast she's she wrote her <laughs> new book and we see her uh her journey into new york real estate which my god the the, the real estate <laughs> that we see through her journey is <laughs> incredible yeah <laughs> and also like i don't know i i feel like you know it she could have gone out with you know a a jerk like she had numerous jerk relationships on the series um the guy that she ended up going out on a date with from the from charlotte's school um happened to be from charlotte's school happened yeah. to also be will <laughs> widowed ha like like no, what no. billionaire woman is going on a yes. dating app and going on her first date with a teacher <laughs> yeah that's what you do so team let's jump into a little bit of a lightning round now that we've covered the characters and i want some hot takes here Nancy, the show introduced a lot of new characters uh, in the season of And Just Like That. Who is your favorite? Seema. That's, that's, that's the best character. <laughs> Absolutely. Seema. Best character. Do you want a spinoff? <laughs> yes, please. And Just Like That, there's a spinoff. <laughs> uh, Nicole, who is your favorite character of the new ones? I'll be Charlotte here for a minute because I'm full on LTW. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> also... I, I have to make a quick shout out to Bobby Lee for playing the over t the top podcaster. <laughs> you know, like he is in real life <laughs> an over yes. the top <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> um, he once actually took gum out of my mouth and chewed it. Don't worry. It was pre pandemic. Wait, what? So Bobby Lee took gum out of your mouth? <laughs> Correct. That I, so he asked me if I had any more gum. And I told him I didn't. So he removed the gum that I was chewing and took it for himself. Wow. Okay. Where did this happen? Were you in a club? Were you in a taxi? In church? What's the Where? name of Polly Shore's The Comedy Store? 
It happened at the comedy so you, store in LA. You were at the comedy store in LA. Yep. Mm-hmm. You were you were on stage. You were performing your act. No. <laughs> no. Was this backstage? No. Was it at the bar? It was at a table. Okay. So you <laughs> were at a table with Bobby at. Lee. Yep. Is he a stranger to you at the time? Have you yeah. been introduced to him? I've been introduced to him. Okay. So he knew who you were and you knew who he was. I mean, he knew my name and I oh. I knew who he was because he's Bobby Lee. He's Bobby Lee, of course. And so he just said to you, Nicole, mm. do you have any more gum? It was more like, hey, got any more gum? And I was like, <laughs> no, I'm really sorry. I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then he just took it from you. That's a bold move. He wasn't flirting either. It's just his personality. It's okay. He's doing like a shtick. It's his thing. I think in that particular stand-up act, he threw or waved a stool violently. He's over the top. Did you at all consider taking your gum back? Not even for a moment. Not even for a moment. Okay. Nicole, which of the three women this season got stuck with the worst storyline? Ugh. This seems so easy, but now it's not. Because they were all bad storylines? I yeah. Uh, I mean I'm I'm gonna say Miranda. Miranda. I don't think Charlotte's okay. storyline was a bad storyline at all. I just think that it wasn't it was like the piece of jewelry in a pile of poop or something. Like it was oh, like geez. it was okay. fine, but it's covered in poop, so it's covered in poop. Say la vie. <laughs> um, but the yeah, Carrie's I disregard, and Miranda's was, like I said, reckless. Yeah, Nance, how about you, Nancy? How do you? Which one? Which one of the poor ladies got the worst storyline? I think I have to agree with the Miranda's storyline was pretty harrowing to to go through. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to be agreed with on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the first. <laughs> um, Nancy, we you watched the whole season. There may be a second one. We don't know. Um, you know, it depends how many people like us are left a little wanting with it. Um, who would you have liked to have seen outside of Samantha and more Mr. Big? Uh, who would you have liked to have seen show up uh, that didn't in the season? A previous Sex and the City person. Oh, I was going to say, could we have Mr. Big's or Big's ghost? Now you have me say Mr. The Big. ghost of Mr. Big. Oh, yeah. like McDreamy style? Yes. Yeah. We could. We, we they should have yeah. Big's or ghost. like Dexter and Harry, like his her dark passenger. I don't know what any of these are. I assume we're spoiling shows, and that's all right. No, <laughs> that was not a spoiler for anybody. Okay. Okay. So you want you want dead Mister Big to come back? Well, not no. That makes it sound like it's like a you know a zombie Big. Yeah. <laughs> I. Oh, so you want him to be alive? Still. No, no. No, I, I like come back. Oh, but like a good like ghost, Patrick like Patrick Swayze. Swayze. Yes, there you go. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. We could have a, a sexy scene with with him and Carrie. She could watch him masturbate as a ghost. Oh Jesus Christ! And if he comes back as a ghost, he's already got the sheets. He could just come into those. It's great. <laughs> That's disgusting. No well, no, I don't know what the uh, dry cleaning bill would be like on ectoplasma. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And her fancy ass sheets. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get the stain out. Nicole, which uh which character have we not seen come back that you would like to see make a return? I don't know why this would ever make sense in any situation that they put in the show. 
I guess apparently he is coming back next season, but Aiden, I guess. But I just love Aiden. He had great hair. It's not that I wanted him to come back because he would have improved things. <laughs> mm. And is Carrie he the does guy not from like Northern him. Exposure. He does if this they a put lot. Carrie and Aiden back together. Ugh. Oh, okay. Okay. Let let's get it. let's let's continue the ugh. Um which side character do you think was done the dirtiest this season? Besides leaving Miranda with the smoking gun, Steve. I mean, he's nearly deaf. Miranda leaves him. I mean, he was done the dirtiest, in my opinion. Later, he even tells Carrie he refuses to take off his ring till death. What the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm not saying you should. I'm not upset that she left him for Che. I actually love two writers that did the same things to their spouses. But you gotta feel for the guy. Um, Nance. What terrible thing do we think that Cynthia Nixon did to the hair and makeup department that made them give her that wig? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I do like the, the embracing of the gray hair okay. aspect of it, the whole thing. Yeah, I didn't know that was a wig. So I was like full on excited that she was embracing it and it looked fabulous sometimes. There was one particular scene where it looked nice. Anyway, I mean, she, she I think she directed like a at least one episode. So, oh, really? yeah, so I don't know if maybe as a director she rubbed makeup hair makeup the wrong way. Yeah, she might have been giving them some shit. Uh Carrie throughout the series is writing for a, a website. Which website would she be working for in real life? Would it be Jezebel, Mother Jones, BuzzFeed? Uh, Peter King's Monday Morning Quarterback. Where would she be writing? Uh, <laughs> Nicole, where do you think she would be? I think maybe Goop. Oh. Do you think there would be a Carrie's, Carrie's Vagina Scented Candle? She's a sex columnist. Do you think there would be a, a candle scented after her vagine? Is there a candle scented about anybody's vagine? Yes. How do you not know this? Yes. Because nobody needs this information. Well... Because Gwyneth Paltrow, who runs Goop, released a candle that said, this smells like my vagina. That's the name of the candle. I'm not making well, this up. I haven't I smelled have it. I smell this, this vagina candle. Yeah. Because do we have enough production budget to buy us what all? What creams do I have to buy to have a candle-worthy vaginal scent? Yeah. Would that be considered a podcast oh, so write-off? Yes. I think this podcast needs to not have this in the podcast. <laughs> Do you, so here's my question. Do you think that the candle smells like Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina or that Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina smells like a candle? It's a chicken or the egg. Okay, no takers. So <laughs> I think that's the cold open. <laughs> I'm getting blank looks from the ladies on the podcast. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about comparisons and just like that cannot exist on its own. It has to be compared to the original sex in the city. Um, we have one season of just like that and, and some of our favorite seasons of sex in the city compared to, um, how does it stack up when we look at just like that and some of the, our favorite seasons of sex in the city, Nicole, does it, does it have a chance? I don't know if I have a favorite season. Okay. Even of the old series, but my favorite episode is still. Carrie, you broke my heart. 
like classic. Oh, um, okay. I didn't know if it was like the distance and time from the characters, but I wasn't really feeling attached to anyone this go. Okay. Except Big, which was yeah. weird. Is he the one who Carrie broke his heart? Because I did see him have a heart attack. Is that who you're talking about? Well, I mean, I guess karma. She cheated yeah, on Aiden you. with Big. See, a lot of infidelity from these folks. Uh, Nance, does it does it hold up compared to the old show? So I ended up doing like the whole rewatching thing and of the whole series and, and the movie or the first movie. I haven't watched the second movie. Okay. So the last season of Sex and the City is pretty gorgeous with all of the the outfits that she has throughout this the season. Mm-hmm. And then I will say, even when I was going back and doing a rewatch of the first movie, when the opening credits happen, like I kind of got just as excited as I was when I watched it in the movie okay. theater when it came out. Mm, wow. Okay. Yeah, Carrie or Sarah looked amazing like big hair envy coming for me Mm -hmm. so so this show addresses a lot of aging nicole they talked a lot about like getting older right as as women um how do you think the show handled that do you think it was well done well do you think it was entertaining was it relatable i mean i want sarah jessica parker's botox person stat (laughs) (laughs) she looks so good um, and I can only tell that she's done anything is because I know how long it's been since I've last seen her and the natural aging process <laughs> added to that fact. <laughs> um, and I think the last thing I actually watched with Sarah Jessica Parker was Hocus Pocus, which she was even younger. Ooh. I was like 30 years ago. Um, the hip surgery. I don't know. For like normal hip stuff. I don't know. It just it was strange. And a toe dip into like stages of life that I don't know. It's not the golden girls. I'm just not like walkers and I don't want to think that I'm that close to that stage of my life. (laughs) Not that much younger than them. I don't know if I said anything succinct. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, that's good. I think uh, you mentioned, you know, some of her older work, uh, just as a side note, a a lesser known Sarah Jessica Parker uh, movie was state in Maine. Um, where she played a sort of vain celebrity. Um, it's a great movie. She's really good in it, so feel free to head up State in Maine. Um, it's my favorite movie of hers. Uh, Nancy, the three women address a lot of aging storylines. There's several scenes uh, about getting Botox, right, about facelifts. Uh, what are your thoughts? Are you, are you like Nicole, where you thought it was a little too soon for some of these? Yeah, I mean, I think like the, the whole hip surgery storyline was a little bit of they just kind of put that in there so they can make hip surgery jokes. Like that was the whole reason. (laughs) And it was weird to have Jonathan Gruff who played her. Oh yeah. Like why Hamilton, why would you have him just come on and do that? Like walk on roll for like one scene and then that's it. Like, why wouldn't you use him more if if you have him? A waste, a waste. I, I feel like we get a lot of that with this show. Um, there's, it seems like there's a lot of opportunities that we weren't happy with. Um, <laughs> Major miss opportunity was when she walked yeah. out of the clinic after the consultation, him singing, you'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Major miss opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Jumping back to, to Carrie, 
it seems like with her age that she's gotten a little less open. We mentioned this earlier that that sort of she's fallen behind the scenes on the sort of the sex trade. And so like she used to be very risque and and by that token the show is very risque, but you know, she kind of seems like she missed it, right? She doesn't understand kinks. Again, we we mentioned that um she doesn't know what like how her, that her husband masturbates. Um what kind of modern weirdo shit Considering what the old Sex in the City did, where they talked about a lot of risque and kinky things, what modern kinky, risque things should Carrie write about? Are we talking about pegging, cuckolding, people who can only reach an orgasm by thinking about the endless, cold, empty void of space? Maybe that's just me. Uh, people who love Jeopardy and can only orgasm in the form of a question. Uh, Nicole, what do you think they could have covered to be a little more risque, to push the button a little bit? I would get fired from Carrie's podcast. There's, I am not risque. No, <laughs> no. I have no you idea. Even make the anal jokes. I could yeah, Google risque made. things and say one, but I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, and see what it says. Yeah. So Nicole has been asked by our producer to Google risque things and tell us what she finds. This is a good test. <laughs> she she has furrowed her brow while she reads. Okay. So a lot of it was defining the word risque. That's why I was... Oh. But the very first link, it's actually most risque things to do in New York. Okay. Let's see. I'm just going to say whatever the first one is, which I'm just scanning for the bold. Is it masturbate on a, on a subway car? Apparently, it's company ro- with a Roman numeral that I'm going to have to add up. 10, 4, 14. So company 14, apparently. Cre- it's a burlesque. This is the oh. number one most risque thing on this list. Come on. <laughs> That's. Okay. This is better. Non-suitable for work is a private members community that focuses on sex education and cannabis. So she oh. should be writing about combining cannabis with learning about sex. Okay. There we go. You can smoke a little weed. <laughs> um, I'm a little better. disappointed in the internet. I the house tell you. of That's yes the best is do. weird, wild, and wonderful. It's a performance-fueled creative venue and nightclub. Costumes are a must. Dancing is part of the package. and includes aerial performance and glitter stations. This is, Who wrote this fucking article? <laughs> I would prefer, instead of aerial performances, areola performances at a risque club. <laughs> I think that'd be All much right. better. I'm going to Cura. What's the most risque thing that you've ever done? Oh. Mm. Oh. Get your dong high. Okay, taking taking um, fo- explicit photos. That's what came up on Cura. Oh. Okay, I'm done with this. No, I appreciate you. Risque photos. That's the best we could do. Nance, what what you got any ideas on what Carrie could have covered? The internet was not. Oh my helpful. god! If, I, if the internet can't figure it out, there's no hope for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this: when when you were both young women, you were watching Sex in the City, and you both learned about stuff. Right. From some Sex in the City stuff. Right. Some things that you weren't comfortable talking about yet. They were talking about. Was there anything you felt educated on when you watched it this time around that? Oh, they're openly talking about blank. We never talked about that. Or do you think they were really behind the times? I liked that Charlotte was normalizing giving blowjobs was like fine because so much it's like, don't do that. It's disgusting. But like being in an intimate relationship with someone and doing whatever you want to do that feels good between you two is totally fine. Yeah. So I was stoked that they she was like, why is this a big deal? It was great. I, I loved that. Oh, nice. 
Okay, so that's something good. Uh, Nance, how about you? Any Anything that you, you were proud of them bringing up to the forefront? I mean, I guess, yeah, I would agree, like, the Charlotte storyline with her her daughter, you know, trying to normalize and just, you know, make it comfortable talking about sex with her. And that's going to be, like, that's going to be very beneficial for her daughter later on in life, <laughs> that she knows that she can go to her mom for that. Yeah, that's good. I think that we can say that It's Not TV is a is a proudly pro-blowjob <laughs> podcast. Um, My so if mother... We have to take a Oh, demonstrated a blowjob on a carrot at dinner for me. Is that <laughs> how you learn? How, how old were you? I was in high school. I don't remember, like yeah. sophomore, maybe. Wow. My mother was her was her technique solid. I yeah, let's let's respect the dead. OK. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> Carrots aside, let's get into some shit. Reddit says. Um, the internet has very strong feelings on this series of, uh, and just like that. So let's run through these a couple of quickly and see what you guys think. I want a true or false Nancy, true or false. The writers of this season made the show too cringy, true or false. True. But I will caveat it saying that I think they were just trying to cram so much into okay. the episodes that we had. Okay. Okay. So yes, but. They they just had too much to deal with. Nicole, yeah, writers would, of the show made the show too cringy. I would say true, but I think they just made Miranda's storyline a little too cringy. I think the other okay. ones were fine. Miranda was like a rat in a cage. Yeah, despite all her rage. <laughs> uh, Nicole, true or false? Too much Samantha talk for a show that notably does not include Samantha. All right, here's my Samantha rant. Yes. If there's a time that you're upset with someone, that pauses when your lifelong best friend's significant other dies. She sends mm. some beautiful flowers. You do not refuse to speak to them. You give your condolences. You make peace for that moment to be there for someone when someone dies. Not a year later when they're in a country that's adjacent to the country that you're in. I mean, come on. Yeah. I just, I don't know that there was too much Samantha, but the toe dip to Samantha and the text and the sometimes responding, I just. Do it or don't. Right? I don't. Yeah. Keep her in do or keep or, her out. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Nancy, too much Samantha for a show without Samantha. I mean, I. Yeah, I think like you can just, you know, you make the note of it at the beginning of the series and then you move on. I do kind of wonder, it's like, I mean, I don't know, like the protocol for funerals or wakes, but like, is there an invite list? Was Samantha just like not invited <laughs> to the funeral and she just sent the flowers out of like, hey, I heard Big died. Yeah, I think that it's kind of an open call. Usually, I don't know about like rich people. But usually, usually you like publish the ceremony information and people come or they don't come or they send flowers. Yeah. yeah. I think that for me, I, I think that unless everything they were going to talk about Samantha was positive, like, oh, she's doing she's modeling again or she's doing art or why not kill she's her? Enjoying this. Just kill her. Oof, yeah. I think that having her around and to both your ladies' points and talking about her in oftentimes negative ways, 
Mm. Why reflect poorly on the character when the actor's not here? It just mm. seemed like they were taking digs at the actress. And for those who love Kim Cattrall, like I do, please watch How I Met Your Father because she's great in it. She's the narrator and she's fantastic and she's on screen. Um, Does she use her Nan- Samantha voice? Uh, I don't know. Nance, is it her Samantha voice? No. It's sultry. It is sultry. That's just Kim. That's just Kim Cattrall. But it's not Kim. like, guys, <laughs> I got banged in the ass last night. <laughs> And we found our cold open. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. <laughs> Nancy, hot take from Reddit, true or false? Che is the Jar Jar Binks of oh Sex in the City. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> this is... Yeah. No. No. False. Nicole? Miranda's the Jar Jar Binks of and just Miranda like that. Is the, and I would like to point out Ahmed Best, who played Jar Jar Binks, is like the nicest fucking dude in the world. And he gets a lot of hate mail and shit for being Jar Jar. Well, uh, I think it's because he's annoying, right? Jar Jar is, not Ahmed Best, the actor. It's George Lucas's fault, not Ahmed Best, I was the gonna actor. Say, he received like hate uh, mail. Like, if anything, it's George Lucas that's the creator yeah. of Jar Jar. Yeah, he should be blamed. <laughs> Um, Nicole, you mentioned Miranda. Uh, hot take from Reddit: True or false? Miranda's character arc was absolutely absurd and makes zero sense. What is true, Alex? Yes, true. Nancy, true. And I would say it's not an true. arc; it is a zigzag. <laughs> it's a squiggly it line. A- <laughs> yeah. It it looks like Big's heart monitor in the first this episode. EKG? <laughs> Yeah, it's his EKG. <laughs> Looks like Big Z EKG. The first He's dead. You yeah. guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nancy, Carrie's lack of on-screen grief undermines her arc and Big's death. True or false? I would say false. I feel like she did have on-screen grief. Yeah. Okay. You think like I, it was covered enough, Nicole? I think false. I don't think it's fair to judge anybody's grief. And I think okay. it was it was represented fine. Okay. Uh, Nicole, and just like that, has tarnished the original show. True. True. And in it's your world, you're spinning off. Yeah, Wait, you're spinning this off. This is, in, this is not canon. Yeah. You're going to do like the newest Terminator <laughs> movie. You're going to ignore several of the last sequels. <laughs> yeah. And just pick up where the original stopped. Nancy, and just like that, has it tarnished the original show? Um... It ha- I don't. It hasn't tarnished the original show. False. But I will say it's like Nicole said. I think it's like it's like the Halloween movie storylines where we're just oh, in a yeah. completely different. Like we have gone <laughs> yes. yeah. to a different world. <laughs> this is a alternate universe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There are. I'm not kidding you. Five different alternate universes for the single franchise of Halloween. I'm not shitting you. Go look it up. It's on Wikipedia. It's an obnoxious chart. There are five different <laughs> alternating storylines. Um, Nicole, true or false? Red yes. hot take. HBO yes. should stop making Sex in the City stuff. Yes. Yes. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. Well, I Nancy, guess. Nancy, do you agree? My oh, only okay, caveat Nicole. is stop making it if the whole cast isn't on board. So if they had Samantha back. And big. And and big. You would be okay with it? 
I think that that was a, that would be a good first approach. Okay. Let's let's Nance. make sure we have all characters on board, and then we can start talking about how to continue and pick up their lives. I don't know that okay. it would end up being good, but I think that's a good place to start. Nancy, HBO should stop making Sex in the City sequels. True or false? True. True. Stop it. Yeah. Nancy, let me ask you this. For this podcast and for your own enjoyment, you watched, uh, you rewatched the entire series, re- the original Sex in the City series, then watched the movies, then watched and just like that. Envision a place five years from now. You're thinking about Sex in the City. You want to do a binge again. You watch the TV show. You watch the movies. Do you watch and just like that? I mean, yes. Okay. <laughs> so you consider it canon. You consider it part no, of the deal. No. No, I'm still in it's the separate universe. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, let me ask you this. What other TV show would you have rather seen come back and have a sequel rather than Sex in the City? On HBO? Sure. Game or of wherever. Thrones. Okay, so you would rather have seen a continuation of Game of Thrones. No, an alternate than universe. <laughs> Game of Thrones. An, an alternate universe of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Which we're we getting. do have a prequel series. <laughs> we have a prequel series. Uh, Nance, how about you? New show, uh, old show coming back. What would you want to have? Oh, man, I, I'm going to need a second about this one. Take your time. Take a second. I've got a hot take. No, give us a hot take, Nicole. My hot take is the episode names could use work. The prior oh. series, they were so clever. This series, and just like that, Big died, or whatever. Yeah. It's not that, but it's like very, <laughs> it's not clever like it used to be. No. Like one of their episode names is Are We Sluts? Oh, do we answer that question? <laughs> we I'm should curious. answer that question. <laughs> Next year. Let's say it happens. And just like that, season two. Are you both watching? Nicole? No. Nancy? Hmm. You watch a lot of TV. You could squeeze it in. I mean, I think it, will, like, it depends on what else is out. Okay. And, and, so and it, who's, you who's attached hooked. to it. Okay. Nancy, as, as we wrap up here on our, our bonus episode, a deep dive into And Just Like That, we have fans out there who loved Sex in the City. They haven't yet dove into this show. They haven't yet found out what happens just like that. Don't listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, for those Sex in the City fans that haven't yet dived into and just like that, would you recommend it to them? I think if you were, uh, if you have seen all the episodes, if you are have the 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 whole dvd case ca- uh, catalog of sex in the city episodes you have the the uh movies i think it just seems like it would be a logical next step to just go ahead and watch mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. just because like also you just want to see like how carrie and big's life progressed after the movies yeah for whatever short yeah, period of time that you get that. <laughs> <laughs> he like makes her a closet and then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and just and like that, he dies. This was like the most home, like stay at home scenes we have seen of Carrie and yeah. Meg. Like we've never really seen oh, them. Okay. 
in domestic life. It was really nice. I really enjoyed that scene. Mm -hmm. Nicole, would you recommend this show to fans of Sex and the City who haven't watched it yet? I think that, like Nancy said, if you are have invested in watching all of the other things that they've made, I don't think you're going to be able to stop yourself from okay. just the curiosity, yeah. like what what happened. Um, however, I decidedly disregarding everything I saw. Yeah, I from based on what you guys have described to me, this sounds to me. Like there was the popular kid in high school or college that you really liked. Maybe the relationship you weren't involved in, an ex-girlfriend, an ex-boyfriend, you remember it fondly. And just like that, you look them up on Facebook and it just ruins everything for you. It ruins your memories. And you're like, I was better off not knowing. I cried a lot listening to Matchbox 20 and thinking about Kane. And I couldn't even tell you a thing about him. To this day. Okay. It's crazy how much time we invest in things that don't matter. Nancy, last thoughts on this series. Thumbs up, thumbs down? Like middle of the road? Middle of the yeah. road. Nicole, thumbs up, thumbs down? Who buys an apartment <laughs> and doesn't <laughs> even like it? <laughs> <laughs> Who watches a show for 10 episodes <laughs> and doesn't even like it? And just like that, we're going to close out season two. We thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate it. We will be back for season three. We're already hard at work on it. Check out our Twitter feed at It's Not TV for further details about our podcast and to connect with our community. And please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. A very special thank you to our producer, Matt Malone. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, guest Nancy. We really appreciate you both. Thank you, fans. It's Not TV is a production of Bruit Media. just like that, the episode has ended. <laughs>